Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there, and welcome to this episode number. This is almost like a Sesame Street thing. Three, four, five. I love when the digits are in sequence of the material podcast. I am Andy Anatko. And I am six, seven, eight, Florence Ion. <laughs> it's a, it, it must it, it must be I wonder if that's difficult to deliver mail like on Sesame Street because like all the house numbers are like one, two, three, or like ABC. Like a it's 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 I don't I don't know I don't know what they do with the like odd side of the street, even side of the street stuff. What neighborhood is Sesame Street? I'm Googling this right now because I was thinking about this the other day when I was watching Sesame Street, as you anybody <laughs> with a toddler will attest, that's probably on at some point. Yeah, I never quite knew like where the neighborhood was supposed to be. It is a part of New York. Yeah. I there is a bridge in the background, so I'm assuming it's like somewhere near. The bridge. I'm sorry, I don't know New York I, geography. I, but... I I I always assumed New York. I and and it is I, it either it's Sesame Street or Electric Company was the show that as a kid introduced me to the concept of how bizarre like Boston streets layouts are, because I remember specifically like this is one of those like awakenings moments where. Uh, no, it must have been an electric company because it was a lame joke where someone dressed up as a jogger was like jogging, looked like in a tight, tight circle, just like in place. And like Rita Moreno say, hey, what are you doing? It's like, I'm just jogging. Or I'm just running around the block. And then they pan down. And there'd be like a child, like a wooden block, like on the as it <laughs> And that's and that's what I realized. See, I, I had never understood what a city block was because, yeah, again, it's. It's it's a stupid the joke. joke. Is so good, but and, and, it's so good. Yeah, you also love the fact that they went for it. They're like, you know what? Let's do it. <laughs> I mean, Rita Moreno, one of the many TV greats. Like, and so I'm imagining it in my head, and of course, I'm laughing. If this were any, if Pete Davidson made that joke, I would not laugh. I will say, <laughs> I will say. That's depends that's on who a, delivers it or who is a part of it. Kind of a given. I'm not, I, he's just one of those comedians that I don't get it. I'm not, I'm not saying anything nasty about him. I'm just saying that. Oh, Pete for, Davidson for, is not for you to get. It's for a different subset of com comedy, comedy, yeah. comedy watcher. Yeah. <sighs> uh. So I so I I have some news like I uh, so I I think I mentioned uh -oh. I, I mentioned a while ago that I bought uh, around the same time I got the uh, when okay uh, Google this came isn't out, bad news Google came out no it is it is it is it is fine news actually good news in that it's like here's here's why you do your do you perform your due diligence on technology so the, around the same time I got the the Google wireless like battery operated doorbell at the same time I got like a, a smart lock because a it would solve a problem that I have. Uh, but also that it was something you know, like like we often do. It's like something to write about. I'm curious about it. I, I kind of would enjoy I, I needed to. I also realized I need to kind of mainstream myself into the idea of locking my door again. <laughs> that, like instead of because because I, I kind of I think I've broken myself with a habit because either over COVID, either it's like I'm inside for three days and like I'm not really like leaving the house for any dur duration or I'm just going to the immediate neighborhood and it's been a while since it's like, okay, you know what? No, no one's going to wander in like, and in, in the next 10 minutes while I'm picking up a pizza. So it's like, oh, well, how about we, how about we have it like locked behind us automatically? How about we have a fingerprint lock? How about, wouldn't that be cool to play with? Blah, blah, blah. Okay. So I'm, I'm about, I'm finally about to install it. But first, like I do the, I do this, the thing that I think that is smart to do before you start to install a lock or trust a lock, you do a, a YouTube search on like, uh, uh, 
weaknesses of that lock. And there was a video recently by the lock picking lawyer. I don't know if you've ever like seen that channel, but he's amazing. He's like an amateur, like he's a mm. hobbyist lock picker who like just buys locks and without, you never see, all you see is his hands. And these videos are only like three minutes each. There's like no preamble to hey, smash the like and subscribe button. But first let's talk about na- nail it. The new oh, organic nails. This is a TikTok situation. What they're doing. I've been, so I came across this in my algorithm on TikTok is I get oh. security engineers mm-hmm. or like people who just like to tinker and my equivalent is looking at like the smart home. Well, the same equivalent which is both smart right. home things. So look at the smart home vulnerabilities and things like a uh, Philips Hue Bluetooth connecting bulb. And so I, it's, it's kind of nice to see a little synergy between us on yep. the two platforms. Exactly. It's, it's, it's like when Stevie wonder and Paul McCartney like mm-hmm. sat on that giant, enormous piano and suddenly mm-hmm. All the problems with racial injustice in the country, if not the world. That's all it took. That's all it took. <laughs> yes. Just like, just like you know what? It took the Beatles, all four of them, granted, but only four Beatles, to remind us that all we need is love. And like, wow. Andy, we're sending our love down the well. Down the well. Okay. Uh, but... So, so, but so, uh, uh, the lockpicking lawyer has, has like thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of experience, like lockpicking. So the fact that he can pick open a lock does not mean this lock is garbage. Okay. Okay. But, but it will give you an idea of like what, how good is it? And the problem was that he was able to open it using a sort of tool that a knucklehead would be able to operate. And mm. that's, that's what always worries me about like security. I don't worry about like the professionals. I don't worry about people who, like think oh well gee he just did a video about this eighty thousand uh, dollar about the, this eighty thousand dollar computer or whatever I bet if I break into his house I can steal that eighty thousand dollar computer and get sell it for at least eighty dollars worth of copper scrap because of all the electronics in there uh, I, I'm not worried about that person because you'll go nuts trying to stop a professional if they want to get in they'll get in what I'm worried about is the knuckleheads that are like you know the, the, they're the people who like they see a bike that's like locked like a, a, a locked to a tree on a sidewalk and they won't even try to steal. So, oh, <laughs> hey, look, uh, well, look at me. Boom, boom, boom. I just bent the wheel and now that person can't ride the bike. <laughs> and that's why you don't lock your bike like on the sidewalk where people can see it. And so that that's the sort of knucklehead stuff I'm, look, I'm looking at. And this is the, it was the sort of thing where uh, it was a lock picking tool that I was familiar with. And we're not, we're not talking about like a mechanized battery operator thing. We're just talking about a piece of like stamped metal that, you know, in, he was able to open it in like two, I'm not joking, like two to three seconds. Uh, and it's like a tool you can get for like 10, 20 bucks. Uh, I bought, I, and so I, I decided that I ordered like a set, my, a set of these lock picking tools myself. I, 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 like a lot of nerdy kids, I did experiment with like lock picking and safe cracking and stuff like as a kid, it's like mm-hmm. the, if, if you're, I don't know, I don't know if you're, if this is one of those things you'll be setting aside for Mona, but it's like, a kid who learns at a certain very impressionable informative age that every lock is a lie that will absolutely there'll be an inflection point on how their life goes not oh boy that's really deep Andy. <laughs> no i'm 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 serious and i don't and i don't mean that suddenly i started breaking into cars i mean that wow like no, the just, philosophy of yeah, what you just, just said is really every, intense. Everybody, everybody just says, "Oh, well, everything will be all right." Look, I have a lock on this, but the thing is, this lock can be opened so easily. This is mm-hmm. all based on our communal denial, our communal uh, 
uh, our willingness to simply believe something that we want to believe because it makes for a very prettier and tidier universe when the truth is a lot scarier. And, and part of that was not even being arrogant, at least, okay, I was a teenager, so yes, I was arrogant, but later on realizing that, well, actually there is a choice to be made that in the, as a matter of fact, sim- putting a simple lock on something is generally going to be enough. Do you want to worry then that you could be doing more or that this isn't going to be substantial enough? So maybe you would have been happier if you just simply said, you know what, this is a perfectly good lock. It doesn't look cheap as hell. I can't, I, I've, I've tugged on it. I've tried to twist it open. I can't twist it open. Looks like the shackle is hard, is hard enough that I can't easily saw through it. Boom, I'm done. Or would you rather see actually, no, it would take like two or three seconds with an improvised tool to get through this. In, in my case for this front door, I felt like this was a good case in point because like, uh, the thing is, it's like one of the most common like door lock mechanisms like in the world. And it's all it's all over the place. There's all there's also no real reason to believe that anybody would try to get into this door. Thirdly, this is a smart lock. And one of the one of the three big features that I want out of this is that simply that if the door opens for any reason, there will be a logged record of it. So mm-hmm. so if I'm worried mm-hmm. that someone will try to pick open this door, get in, do do whatever and leave without leaving any trace that they'd broken in, that's not going to happen. But the thing is, it's just, ah, damn it. Now I know how easy it is to do it. I bought, so I, I did buy an order. I, I, I had been aware of this simple tool. Like when I was a kid, never actually owned like one, you can get like a, a set of I think of I know what you're tools. talking about. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so I bought it and said, well, how, how just to tell, just to, do my due diligence that, well, this, again, this person has thousands of hours of experience picking locks. Of course he can open it in like two or three seconds. And like, it took me 10 seconds the first time. And then like, after I did, uh, checked out a couple of YouTube videos on here's how to use this tool. Cause I was using it successfully, but not optimally. Like then I was opening mm. it like regularly with like in less than five seconds. So now I have to, so I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not going to install it. Fortunately, it's a common style core. So I've already like looked up a locksmith nearby and I can take like the lock to them and they can remove like this really, really easy to like open up. Oh my God. Core. Are you after marketing your smart lock? Huh? Af- like aftermarket, like, oh, right. you know, <laughs> tweaks tuning, and stuff. Tuning or exactly. Tuning. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's 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 actually really cool because I didn't really I didn't really really know that much about it. Cause I've never the only time I've ever used a locksmith is that one time I locked myself out of my car, and it was the one of those few times I had a nice enough car at the time that I didn't want to just get it. I just didn't want to just like hork it open myself. Uh, but yeah, so that, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. So yeah, I mean YouTube to the rescue. It's like uh, I, I'm sure I'm sure that I should broaden my horizons and check TikTok as well. But so much of this, it's it's. It's the it's the repository of so much information that I usually uh, would have used just Google search for, but like at some point someone will have like figured out how to open this lock, or someone would have checked this out, uh, and they will uh, they will post a video, and it'll be so much more effective than seeing whatever they wrote about it, like in 1998 or whatever. Yeah, but this brings up such a good point because we talk about smart locks. So I think you made a really first of all great point about the fact that. Most of the reason that you buy a smart lock is because you just want to log at the end of the day. Like, why do we have security cameras? Because we just want to log. I don't expect it to prevent anything from happening. I just expect it to be there in my absence, right? That's kind of like, I feel like that's how we should look at these devices that we bring into our homes for security. The second thing is it's 
so wild how even with all the smarts, you still have to go to a mechanical locksmith <laughs> and you can still do some tweaking of your own on this. And I get, I didn't even think about, of course, if it's just a deadbolt at the end of the day, like people are still going to be able to pick it. It's because the, the lock, the actual mechanical lock technology is not changing on the door. The door still locks the same. It's just, is there something moving the deadbolt into place or, you know, whatever other situation there might be? Yeah. And, and in this case, it's just, it's just a case of it's, it's not an expensive lock core. It's like a really cheap one. And for hmm. just a little bit, if for just a little bit, I mean, they, the price of the smart lock is all based on, all the computers and all the chips and all the beep boops and all the software and all the support. So, I mean, if to build the, to bring the price under $900, I don't know. Uh, you know, they're, they're not going to, they're not going to spend an extra $20 like upgrading. Like they the, are the expensive. Actual, like, like yeah. I mean, I remember the nest, the first like Yale nest one that came out, that was like almost $300 or something. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, uh wow. Well, I'm curious. Please keep us pretty be to like what happens to this. I'm curious how it works. I'm curious if it works. <laughs> the so-called mod that you're doing and I almost want to like interview you about it cuz it's so <laughs> fascinating to me as a person whose beat is like these connected things and um Yeah. I I can't believe I didn't consider like of course, it's just a deadbolt at the end of the day. And I, I I bet that I could just order this order this new lock lock core on YouTube, but it's like there's a professional locksmith that is just like five miles away. Yes, that, support your local. Yeah, exactly. And, and they and they know more than I do. If I if I I'm sure that if I and they've been in business for like thirty or forty years at that location, I'm sure that if I say, hey, I just bought this the smart lock, I. I found out that you can open it in like three seconds, which is I'm sure you will recognize once you see what model of core inside it. I would like you to sell me a core that, again, a knucklehead would not be able to open. I'm, I'm okay with someone who at least put in the time to learn how to pick locks. I'm, uh, I'm, yes, okay. I'm willing to, I'm willing to take that risk, but not the again, not the knucklehead who, again, who, who yeah, <laughs> so, so, someone who is again, someone who's at a flea market. So oh wow, well, look, here's a set of lock picking tools for ten dollars, and it's like in their wallet. Hey, look, I bet I wonder if I could break, break into the store. Hey, look, I can. Hey, look, I'm just gonna like you know pee all over the hallway and just leave because they won't know. <laughs> again, knuck, I, I knuckleheads. I just can't get over how. How 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 much how responsible knuckleheads are for diminishing the da daily enjoyment of human life? All all the stuff that we have to do to prevent being submerged by knuckleheads. Again, a, 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 an elegant David Niven esque cat burglar. I'd almost be honored to come in and find out that like everything's cleared out of my of my house except for like one like silk glove with a with a gold monogram on it. Ooh, it, it was the pelican, that dastardly fellow. Well, I'm going to have to call Interpol. And, and then my all my neighbors will be jealous because clearly if if the pelican targeted my house, clearly I've got some good stuff. Hmm. But again, you, you, don't, you don't get you don't get impressed by this guy who is like drunk on the way from on the way back from a from a from a Patriots game and, you know, they got dumped out of their, their Uber because he started like yelling epithets at the driver and said, hey, 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 hey
Yeah, no. Listen, uh, I'm totally with you there. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's let's have a show. We have we do have some stuff to talk about. It's not actually it's not the the least interesting first week of February in history. <laughs> uh, Joe Rogan, you might have heard, is making spot, some Spotify users think of switching to other music services for reasons that are relevant to those people. Um, and Apple and Amazon are both taking advantage of that by saying, "Hey, look, we are the home of all these all these people who've who've uh, who've abandoned." Uh, Spotify, we've got their music. You can come here. Uh, but I never hear about any, I haven't been hearing about anybody on social media saying they're switching to YouTube music. So let's talk about that. Um, also, but there's a, on the, on a nicer note, Google seems to have comprehended that maybe consumers are into this tablet thing and maybe they could put Android on a tablet and that thing would work out don't know we've had our hearts broken before but at least there's reasons to have hope and finally we've uh, google had their quarterly uh, quarterly earnings call just a couple days ago they had a great quarter if google has written you a check for like their share of the of the rent and the cable bill this month don't worry that check will clear i assure you and we'll get into the details about that after this message this episode of material is brought to you by wealthfront We all have regrets, and for a lot of people, not starting to think about their financial future or retirement earlier in life is one of them. The great thing about getting started with investing earlier in life is that you have more time to build your wealth. Instead of putting off your financial future, go to Wealthfront.com. You can start investing in no time with Wealthfront's classic portfolio. Or make it your own with things that you care about, like socially responsible funds, technology, or hundreds of other investments. Wealthfront was designed by financial experts to help you turn your good ideas into great investments without the hassle of doing everything yourself. Don't want to spend hundreds of hours trying to lower your tax bill? They help you do that. Not sure how to rebalance your portfolio or what rebalancing is? They do it for you automatically. Wealthfront is trusted with over $28 billion in assets, helping nearly half a million people build their wealth. And the best part is their product is simple and powerful. It has 4.8 stars in the Apple App Store. To start building your wealth and get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to wealthfront.com slash material. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash material to start building your wealth. Go to wealthfront.com slash material to get started today. Our thanks to Wealthfront for their support of this show and Relay FM. Well, yes, there, there's there's there is a, a new core audience of super, super angry, twitchy, and easily offended people that are looking for a brand new music service. And why aren't they coming to YouTube music? I'm not I'm not suggesting that they I have hard data, but again, it's, I see people saying, hey, well, I just switched from Spotify to Apple Music. I've never been happier. Well, I just switched from, uh, from, from from Spotify to Amazon HD Music. I've never been happier. The music is so much better. I have not heard. Have you heard anybody saying, wow, I, I've, I'm now using YouTube Music. And my goodness, I've, I have I had my come to Jesus moment. I've been a fool for so long not to rely on youtube music for all of my musicological entertainment capabilities no no it's interesting though because everything that's been going on with joe rogan and using spotify as a platform for spreading for just allowing people to come on and chat total misinformation uh is that people are starting to remember that spotify does not have like the high fidelity streaming that like title has and so we're all just kind of remembering that like oh 
I think Spotify maybe wants to be a content company. And so I think that's making a lot of photo, a lot of folks think to themselves, well, what are the alternatives? And I want to like, just be honest because I've been a Spotify user for a long time. I have not left the platform. It's partly because I'm so deeply invested over there with, you know, I even like wrote a story this week about how to move your playlists over, but yeah, I don't really want to do that. Um, just, and that's just because of my personal feeling about, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, J- Joe Rogan is a bigger problem. That's kind of right. what I feel like. And I don't want to say that, you know, a protest is important. Absolutely. And you should protest with your money. It is, it's every person's right. But I just, for what I need right now, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I'm justifying it anyway. Sorry, Andy. I yeah. turned this into flows like guilty. It's just. Yeah, it's, I mean, well, that that's something that I, th- I think all of us are navigating, like on so, in so many different incidents. There was a uh, I was I was last night I was deep 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 into I think reading uh, quarterly report number three of the five I had to get through and oh, like boy. just t- giving my eyes a break from all this financial stuff and I see oh <laughs> why 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 is the mask why is the mask singer uh, like trending like oh, on God. this like Rudy, Rudolph Giuliani was one of like the singers on the now recording now recording series of the mask singer and when he was revealed like two thirds of the path the panel like just <laughs> stormed out <laughs> and it's, it's like I, I kept yeah well exactly <laughs> and it's and it's like. Like first of all, I I bailed on the I, I bailed on this on the show after the first season. I thought it was a great concept for a lot of reasons. I think we actually I'm sure we talked about it because we talk about like this stuff too in the first uh, when we start the show. But like for some reason, this when it started becoming like they stopped getting like wow, here's that person who was like an amazing voice, and they just sort of semi-retired in 1997. And it's great to hear him or her again. And now it's like oh. That guy from that show who did that thing that one time. Okay, I think I kind of remember who he is. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like I, I tried to, I, I really tried to think about like would I get up and like storm out of there? And he, he Giuliani is definitely someone who would provoke that for the role that he, active role he played and trying to mess with the election and then trying to mess with the election results. But I was trying to figure out for myself, like, would I storm out of there, which would probably have been like the most adult thing to do because I could not simply stand there and just banter. Like, oh, well, I, I had no idea you were such a crew, Rudy the crooner. Are you sure your your name isn't Rudy Valley? Now, I couldn't I couldn't do like that reality show banter. But uh, like would I would I storm out of there or would I stay there just because wait a minute. I that guy is like standing there like on a stage like 10 feet away from me and I get to say whatever the hell I want to him and he's probably just gonna have to stand there and take it mm. I think I would rather just like berate him for 10 minutes and mm. <laughs> but yeah and uh, the thing is it's it's hard to know on a case-by-case basis how the behavior of a certain individual is going to affect uh how, how much collateral damage you're willing to like take under like uh, the, my my problem with Joe Rogan is largely just that it's not that they carry his podcast; it's that they're bankrolling the podcast. That gives him a higher level of responsibility. Yeah, Wh- whether or not I have to agree with every show, every piece of content that they're bankrolling is another issue. Uh, honestly, it's it wouldn't be. It, it, 
the, the level of offense I take at Joe Rogan's show, the misinformation that he puts out about uh, about health information, it's not enough to, in and of itself, make me drop Spotify. But I can understand why, like, if I, if I were if I were Neil Young, if I were like a hippie musician who can simply say this is completely be, completely uh, completely uh, inarticulating my ideals, I'm taking my music elsewhere. Thank you. I could certainly understand why they're going to do that. Yeah. And the thing is, this is kind of like the YouTube problem, right? It's like YouTube as a platform is can be such a cesspool. Like there's just absolute trash um, circulating through it. But then like you talked about earlier today, you were you go to YouTube to just like learn things and to figure things out from other people's perspectives. And those people just chose to make a video on that instead of, you know, writing it out. It's technically not different. It's still content, right? And so I guess in that vein, that's kind of how we're looking at Spotify, right? That's why everybody yeah. is talking about the idea of like, do, do you deplatform this people? Why, you know, this is just like Twitter and, um, you know, the ex-president. And uh, yeah. at the same time, though, this is, this is a, an opportunity that unfortunately Google is not really... <laughs> Yeah, see, they're just not in a position taking the to, marketing opportunity that is well, just well, also, handed to them on a silver platter. It's 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 provo- <laughs> it's provoking people to like really think like it's. I, I'm so glad that you published that article about like how to switch platforms and to keep keep your playlist with you because it's it's really hard. By the way, you have to yeah. call them if you want to cancel your whole account and just like have it scrubbed from the system. Right, and just but and and for most people, it's like yeah, but I've spent like the past five years like favoriting songs and making playlists. And Since how am I gonna... 2011, yeah, I'm raising my hand. That's how long. And so you have to, you have to you have to get an app that that cost you like as a usually about five bucks a month, but you of course yeah. you can cancel after the first month. But then you're, it's like okay, are are my playlists are really going to be intact? And what about and what about if I if my friends are on Spotify and we're just swapping music together? Mm-hmm. It's a really it's it's hard to get that hook out. Um, but so but that said. At least Apple can, in addition to Apple and Amazon, of course, doing the really cheeky thing about saying, hey, we're we're the home of Neil Young. <laughs> for no apparent reason, we decided to feature Neil Young for no wait, reason. A- wait, Apple did this? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that, but that kind of tracks, Andy. That's, still, that's, Apple that's good. Still, I'm, my hat's ch- off. Yeah. But I mean, Apple is also still chasing like that legacy California hippie um, <laughs> scene that it was a part of and they like to make that keep that as part of their identity and i feel like that fits in squarely within it (laughs) yeah but see but but at least like uh apple and amazon like when if if all they're doing is provoking people to think about for the first time since they signed up for spotify because it was pretty much the only game really good game in town like what is what else is out there and then they suddenly they find out that well if i go to Amazon, I can get high resolution music, uncompressed, not not just like uh, uncompressed, lossless music, but also in high def, higher definition. Apple will do all of that for uh, without charging extra money. They're also acquiring actively. I mean, they they have something like a third of the audience of Spotify right now, and they also, but they're also a two trillion dollar company, so they they have their checkbook open. So they bought uh, uh, 
a, a service whose name I can't remember right now, but it was a, it was a streaming service that specialized in classical music and opera. And oh, yeah, so, that's right. so they bought it and, and with that got all of their license, all of their music deals. And they are, uh, they're going to, uh, I think they're, they're going to incorporate it all into Apple, uh, Apple music, but also keep some character of the app that it came with. And so, but so, wow, you've really great options. Okay. Well, what are you going to deliver YouTube? Like, well, we can't give you a lossless audio, let alone high definition audio. <laughs> what we can give you is a really, really awkward user interface that was designed for video so in 2008. <laughs> <laughs> and doesn't really so translate awkward. well at all to like your phone while you're, while you're working out. So yeah. weird. It's like putting on a pair of pants while sitting down. <laughs> That's the metaphor. You know what? I'll, 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 you know what? I'll, uh, I will go one, one further than that. It is kind of like cap- trying to take off your underpants without taking off your pants first. It can be oh. done. Oh. You yes. will, you will, you will, but after you successfully do it, even, even though you've done it successfully, you will think to yourself, I'm going to start to explore better ways of doing this, achieving this thing. I bet that there's a way that doesn't wind me having to basically put my, <laughs> cross my knees twice. You know? <sighs> yeah. Imagining it in my head. Yeah. Anyway. It's just, yeah, it's, it's just too bad. It's, uh, I think it's a problem when a company like Google makes so much money off of one or a handful of super, super high profile products that make so much money. We'll be talking about their earnings uh, after the next break, but it, it kind of makes almost everything, all their other products seem like other bets where it's like, it's okay if they abandon it. It's okay if they don't really have a clue about it. And that leads us nicely into conversations about Google and uh, Android mm-hmm. and tablets. Uh, it's like, I, I've, I, I still have my, uh, my Nexus seven tablet. Oh, uh, bless. It's such a, it was, it's still one of my favorite tablets ever. It was like the <sighs> perfect size, so perfect good. form factor. I'm even, even now I'm thinking, you know what, maybe I should charge it up. And even if I, I can only run like Android four, Android. Do you want to do that, Andy? Cause that, that's gonna, that's like revisiting an X in the past uh, and realizing oh. that like this person has not actually changed because I find that when I turn on those old Android devices, they're very slow. And like back yeah. then it was fast. Right. So I didn't, I couldn't tell that it was slow, but now everything is so, so fast and at 120 Hertz yeah. to say, to say 120 get, Hertz. That's a good point to say nothing of the screen like resolution where it's like, uh, I'm so spoiled not, now. Yeah. It's like, uh, I, I, but I, I will put my foot down. I will not complain about the bezels. I, I'm perfectly fine with bezels, but you're uh. right. I, see, I was thinking about, yeah, but it's not, if I can just get like an EPUB reader and a Kindle reader on it, it's, I mean, if, if they, if, if, but if they decided to make something exactly like that again, that ran Android 11 or 12, that would be just fine by me. But famously, they just have been floundering and floundering. They, they can't even help. It's only in the last year with Android 12 L that they started to even say, you know what, if you, as another company, um, like uh, like Samsung wants to be so silly as to create an Android tablet. We will not prov- we will not get in your way by refusing to provide you with an operating system that in any way <laughs> behaves nicely on a on a on a tablet tablet size screen. Um, but they did so. We gets but we did get some good news uh, in the last week. Uh, again, signs of life that they are actually they suddenly remembered that oh. What's that? One of our one of our engineers had a, a new hires had this thing called an iPad, an iPad, 
And it was a nifty little <laughs> computer. Maybe we should build something like that 10 years after, after, after Apple has dominated the market. So uh, as, as often happens uh, when we find out about things that they haven't really announced, uh, LinkedIn plus job listings uh, has told the tale. Uh, 9 to 5 Google spotted a job listing uh, for a, quote, senior engineering manager, Android tablet app experience and it's not that they're hiring somebody to work on tablet apps, but it's the statement that they put into the thing to try to convince some engineer to say, yeah, don't take that other job elsewhere, even though we're not, we don't, we've never expressed oh any boy. interest in tablets. Here we go. So, quote, we believe that the future of computing is shifting towards more powerful and capable tablets. We are working to deliver the next chapter of computing and input by launching seamless support across our platforms and hero experiences that unlock new and better ways of being productive and creative. That cost new that cost eighty thousand dollars. That was like eighty thousand dollars of consultants' time to craft that new ways though. New and better ways? What's new and better than what we have now? Like that's what I'm trying to understand. We've got it pretty good again. We've got it pretty good right now. I well, guess we could thank Apple. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So as long as we don't, as long as we don't have an Android and Samsung. tablet. <laughs> Samsung has very good tablets too, by the way. Okay, but still, it's, 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 they're okay. I mean, okay. They, and they and they yeah they, and they did make like the Nook, like the the new version of the Barnes and Noble Nook that I, I keep meaning they to did? check out again. Oh yeah, yeah. There was, was a rebranded. I don't know if it was a rebranded Samsung Android tablet or whether they basically made mods to like uh, something that they had already the product line, but that's, 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 that's pretty good. But there's, there's also a, a, another listing for a, a director of product management for Android tablets, uh, which suggests that uh, they don't want, they're not just going to say, Hey, wouldn't be nice to make a Nexus seven again. Um, here's the description there. As the director of project management for Android tablets, you will partner with leads across Android platforms and ecosystems and cross product area teams. You will also work closely and collaboratively with OEMs manufacturing Android tablets and the developers building apps for them. You will drive the long-term direction strategy and roadmap for Android tablets. Huh. And I understand there's dental. You get dental with it. Oh, you absolutely get dental. This is Google. You get yeah, dental yeah. and free fillings. But um, sometimes you, there's a copay at other places. <laughs> uh, it's interesting. I'm trying to think, like, is this somebody that sits next to Rick Osterlo in terms of product management? Yeah. Like, is this somebody that comes up with a Pixel tablet? To match your Maybe. Pixel watch and your Pixel phone. <laughs> that's a that's a, that's a good point. I didn't think about that because Australo is like really is like at a czar like status yeah. level where it's not like he's not informed of a new strategy. It's like he's got a seat at the table, uh, he's, he, and he, his job is very very like firm, so he can do like a five year strategy and have every expectation is going to be there in five years to to do it. But the other, the but the last thing this is this is based on LinkedIn. There's a link uh, LinkedIn for Rich Miner, who was the co-founder of Android. Like the mm-hmm. when Google bought like Android, he was one of the co-founders of Android. He has he rejoined Google in March of 2021, according to his LinkedIn. He did, and he is now the chief technology officer of Google what? Tablets at Google. Indeed. I'm sorry I didn't paste it. I'm sorry I didn't paste in the link. And that uh, I didn't find it myself. I know. I like J- I'm going to Twitter J- right now. J.R. J- Raphael at Computer World pointed that out. And also, 
and and not in, in a very correct way pointed. Why did nobody notice this? <laughs> notice this until like now? Like why is this like se- seemingly like why why weren't we all talking about this back in March? It's not. It's he doesn't have it listed on his Twitter bio. Um, this sounds like a relatively under the radar sort of move, or maybe it's under the radar because we're in the middle still of a pandemic and everything is just quieter yeah. right now. Well, he's he's uh, uh, he's based in Cambridge, so nearby. I could probably like drop by with like. I'm sure he'd love it if you just knocked at his door. A, a Dunkin' iced coffee, and you, <laughs> they'll, they'll believe me, they'll let you in. Like if you if you got a Dunkin' iced coffee, it's because hmm. it's especially because this is not. It's kind of like having getting a Guinness in Dublin, like where the factory is made. Mm-hmm, if you get mm-hmm. Dunkin' like near Alston, you you are in like Flynn. But yeah, so I've got the so I've got his uh, in like Flynn, and I've got his LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, exactly. Here's greater uh, da, 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 da. exactly the, the fun. The fun thing is like his ex- under experience. <laughs> it's like his previous. Uh, uh, so yeah, Google's chief technology officer, Android tablets, March twenty twenty one to present one year, Cambridge, Massachusetts. Android co founder, July two thousand five to present sixteen years eight months, Greater Boston area. Uh, so yeah, so. Dare- Wait, you can list co-founder on your LinkedIn for life even after you leave the company. I guess that makes sense if you, you co-found you an exactly. operating system. You didn't stop founding it. You, exactly, you, it's it's been found unless unless they wow. lost it again. That's like a resume win if you yeah. have one of those. <laughs> I'm surprised that I haven't thought about myself because I, I believe myself to be the king of like phony baloney CV <laughs> entries, you know, those, those really good lies that it takes. It's not a lie, but you have, they have to ask like the right two or three questions in sequence before they find out the real truth behind it. Andy. Yeah. I've been, I've been doing this for a long time. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. Do you know how many times I listed out like little workshops I took in college? It's like, yes, I took this workshop at San Francisco state university. That's right. I was there for a workshop and I, I took a workshop, but like, it really teach me anything. Anyway, no, I did. I, 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 I as a state, hand, is a great institution, by the way. It taught me a lot. Exactly. Well, so see that at least uh, there's there's more of a toehold hold of credibility there. My, mine is are, are more things like, well, I did write a uh, write a white paper on uh, self sustainable artificial life support environments, self contained life environments, which NASA licensed and distributed as educational material. And said, "Wow, so you must know all about airlocks." It's like, no, I wrote a I wrote a thing about converting a Mac into an aquarium, and they decided that it might be fun to have that as a package of material they send to like elementary schools. <laughs> but it's true. Again, you have to ask the right questions. It's not a lie. I just decided to, you know, polish it up a little bit. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, I I you're, I, I bought I I bought a Mac, uh, you know, an iPad Pro that I'm very very happy with. I've got an iPad Mini that's like ancient as hell and yes like you like you mentioned i i can't use it without noticing how slow it is and how not great the screen is but it is a really good like color like book reader and like movie reader and if i were to spend money on another like pocketable another tablet it would be a pocketable one like uh nexus 7 but i bet it would be an upgraded ipad mini and not an android but I'm glad to see that they again realize that tablets are a thing The, the the only other surprise was that um, it was. I did double check to make sure that they are the job listings and everything are taking talking specifically about Android tablets, not Fuchsia, which seems significant because we're all still trying to figure out what they're going to what Google is developing this new operating system for. 
whether it's just something that will run like on smart displays behind the scenes and no user will ever interact with it directly, or whether they are thinking about it as the thing that will replace Linux uh, as a, and put like the usher in the next generation of mobile devices. It would have been interesting if they decided that, you know what, we're going to, this is what we're going to use Fuchsia for. We're going to use this specifically and solely for tablets because we think that there's an opportunity to do things in tablets with this bespoke operating system that can't be done else otherwise. I think it's IoT. It has to be. Why would you? I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm a little dubious about the whole overhauling of Android just because I I don't know technically about it, like what that kind of feat would entail. But it seems like such a big undertaking that I I feel like that's not something they would prioritize because of how much work they've been doing to the system itself to make sure that like updates are delivered more timely and it's a little more, you know, sequestered in parts so that you can actually update it bit by bit. (laughs) Um, That said, you never know. You really Mm. never know. Right. At the end of the day, we're not inside those walls. We're not inside that HQ. And uh, I am, it it does. At least we can look forward to something, you know, Andy, Yes. Like I'm just no, I'm sincerely no, I, no, like I, I mean that. I'm I'm I'm, ch- I'm chuckling in acknowledgement that it's it's like it's it's nice to have something where where we find ourselves in in the disorienting and uh and wonderful position of thinking is it possible that in 2022 I'm going to have a Wear OS based watch that I'm going to be glad that I paid money for instead of using it for enjoying the uniqueness for three days, dealing with it for two weeks, and then going back to the Casio that I bought 20 years ago. Is, am I, am I going to, is, is Google going to help usher in with 12L and this new tablet initiative, a new kind of tablet that's going to make me think, wow, I mean, if this were a thousand bucks, no way, but geez, for $299, man, I think I, I think I want this more than I want like a, a, a compact iPad. Dare I, dare I to go, my heart's been broken so many times, Flo. I don't know if it can, on, on, on that basis though, maybe it's just so desensitized to pain at this point that I have nothing to lose by getting my hopes up. Also a possibility. Well, I hope that uh, all of you people listening have faith that not only will Google have a good smartwatch, not only might they have a good tablet next year, but that when we talk about Alphabet's quarterly earnings after this break, it will be have been worth the time of list, of, of waiting for that and listening to very, very end. We'll be right back. So, yes, uh, the the uh, I, I suppose the best thing about Alphabet's quarterly earnings, besides the fact that they beat all estimates, they're seen to be doing very, very well. Uh, they have a lot of confidence by analysts is that they are not, not the number one top story as after like a week's worth of different huge tech companies doing the quarterly results. Of course, the top story is Facebook slash meta. <laughs> where True. It, it was bad enough when they released their report where it was all gloom and doom. I was, I was, I'm going to be talking about it on, on the radio tomorrow. So I just, I kind of, I think I wrapped up like doing my coverage and my, uh, my, my notes on the, on the, on the call uh, right before the show. And all it's like, okay, I mean, we've got some challenges ahead of us and uh, uh, they're not going to be solved quickly, um, but we've got high hopes. Time to start recruiting. Yeah. Uh, and and, <laughs> and uh, analysts and Wall, and Wall Street uh, 
th- uh, applauded uh, Zuckerberg's honesty and the stock plummeted by <laughs> lost 25% of its value overnight. It will rebound because they were profitable, but yes. oh my God, it was like the, the, what, fine. quarterly earnings. They're, 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 they're interesting. I've always found them interesting because I'm obviously I'm not a business analyst. I'm not an economist. I can't tell you about oh, here's what the graph means here. And here's what the scatter plot here means here. It's more like here's a, an event in which they, not only does the CEO and like all the other senior executives are answer are basically making a statement and then doing Q and a to like uh, analysts and other people afterward, but they are legally required during all of this to like disclose certain things they are required to say, here is a, here's an issue we're going to be having uh, trying to make money next year, or here is a, here is a, uh, here's a problem that we're going to be trying to solve. Uh, And if they lie about any of it, or if they emit something important that has legal consequences. So it's always kind of interesting. It's a public statement that lots of people are going to be looking at. So it's also kind of a state of the union address every three months. Uh, And so uh, Google has always been very, very good at flying the flag very nicely. Uh, I I don't think they've ever been in trouble as a company, like for the past five or 10 years or whatever, but they are also really, really good at making sure that they're putting good spin on things. So this this is an interesting Mm -hmm. sort of look at like what Google thinks about itself. And again, things, statements that they can make that they feel as though they can back up to the security and exchange commissions. Um, The boring numbers are that, and this is by the way, for the October to December quarter of 2021, uh, the big picture money stuff profits are up 36% to 20.64 billion over the same quarter last year total revenue 75.3 billion that's up 32 percent of that this is again interesting breakouts here the services revenues you know for search and uh, things services they have through through the web uh were 69.4 billion of that so obviously the lion's share of that was uh they're not not making that off of uh, off of waymo uh (laughs) waymo uh, right uh search and ads made up uh 43.3 billion which is Interesting because you would think that uh, I think a lot of people would guess that ads are making uh, were responsible for a lot more revenues than that. That's that's a good thing because if if you uh, that's one of the problems that Facebook is sort of navigating that they're making money. It seems so they're making money from just like one and a half things. And now that that one and a half things is kind of cratering on them, they don't have another. If their ship is sinking, they might spend time in the water before they make it to another boat. Whereas it seems as though Google has lots of boats. They can step an armada of stuff and go to. Uh, as I said, they uh, lots of huge gains. They exceeded all of the targets that analysts had set for them. They ended the year with 140 billion dollars in cash and marketable securities. Uh, the ad business was up 33 percent. Uh, and now here's where here's where we get to some of the. Uh, uh, flag waving some of the here's here's what we want here's what we want you analysts and press to think about us Uh, this must be like the fifth sixth seventh uh quarter in a row in which they just talked about cloud 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 uh so they would they would uh, so the sundar pachaya would be happy if we told everybody that cloud business is up 45 percent to 5.54 billion and good news as usual (laughs) the losses are just they only lost in that division 890 million which is down from a loss of 1.24 billion last this quarter last year, uh, but again, this is the uh, I, I usually don't like listen to it live. Uh, it's a it's a call, it's a conference call. Uh, but the Motley Fool has transcripts of everything, mm-hmm. so I usually just read the transcripts. And this was 
like by far, like there are eight whole paragraphs in this transcript of Sundar Pichai just talking about the cloud, cloud business and how big this is for Google and how successful they're being at it, even though they're not yet making money at it. They're still like investing and in, in building up. Um, but yeah, and the, the other thing they want people to know about is their investments in artificial intelligence. Again, very, very savvy and not saying that, hey, we have this AI product and here's how much money we're making from the AI product, but saying that, hey, look, we've got these new AI models, BERTMUM, Pathways, and Lambda, and here's how it's powering like all of our tools and services. So we've got, we're basically putting higher octane gas in all the services we provide so we can provide them better. Um, some numbers that uh, YouTube has reached 5 trillion all-time views. They had 15 billion views every day wow. globally. Trillion. Yeah. Billion daily. Yeah. That's that's a lot of data servers. <laughs> a lot know. of data centers. That's what I'm thinking about. <laughs> they they later on they did break out like how much when they, they have to, they also have to talk about like here's how much like we here's where we spent the money and here are the uh, capital expenses and like yeah, we have to buy a lot of servers. <laughs> we have to we have to we have to buy a lot of power cords, ethernet cables. <laughs> Yeah. fans that sort of thing uh but yeah this this is the 15 billion views every day that's like i uh youtube can always be doing is is never going to their work in minimizing the damage that this platform can do to society uh it should never be minimized it should it's, it's something we should always talk about but there's always that little postscript saying yeah but they are I, it's not as though they're just like taking they're not like, like a blockbuster getting like 10 cassettes in every day they're they should be responsible for making sure each one of them is rewound that's a lot of data and a lot of stuff they have to keep up on um they let's see they hired uh, 6500 employees during the quarter their total headcount is now 156500 and they say the strong pace of hiring is going to continue in 2022 uh, uh Phil Schindler is uh who was the uh Chief Business Officer, Phil, I'm sorry, Phil, Philipson Schindler, the Chief Business Officer, uh, said that uh, connected TV is their fastest growing screen, and we think there's still a mm. ton of runway ahead. Mm -hmm. um, see, this 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 is this is the sort of stuff we're talking about, where things that they mentioned, where how excited are they are, are are about something, how much they're willing to talk about something. Again, this is all like on the record. Um, Sundar during the Q and A was asked about antitrust. And he gave something a little bit more meaningful than usual than the usual. Oh well, we we're 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 all for like a we think that this there should be federal laws that regulate stuff and blah blah blah. We want to work hand in hand in hand with them. But the the thing that I kind of boldface here was that I'm quoting here: there are areas where we are genuinely concerned that they could. And we're talking about antitrust, proposed antitrust laws. It, we are generally concerned that they could break a wide range of popular services we offer to all our users, uh, all the work we do to make them safe, private, secure, etc. Uh, so, and he also, he also mentioned that there's another quote, we ship 3000 features in search alone every year. How do we make sure that each one of those features complies with all the regulations? Where do we proactively need approvals and so on? So these can all have unintended consequences. 3000 features, huh? Yeah. I didn't know there were more features you could put into search. I'm sure they're all for the benefit of the user and not to help monetize. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, now, here's a pull quote that I, I got excited about before I read the actual transcript. I thought it was kind of misleading. Lots, uh, a lot of the Android-based like news sites were saying, oh, wow, Sooner Bachai said that uh, Pixar sales kicked ass, crushed all, uh, crushed all <laughs> records. And he said, I'm quoting here, in Q4, we set an all-time quarterly sales record for Pixel. This came in spite of an extremely challenging supply chain environment. It's like, 
again, oddly, oddly enough, the one that they in, in this in this uh, earnings call in previous months is, you know, we decided that maybe we're going to try to market this. <laughs> we're not just going to sort of like put it out there and hope that people have heard about it. And so maybe that had something to do with it. And the fact that it was like the first yeah. really good Pixel phone in yeah. quite some time. Um, but it's, it's still it's still impressive because, again, supply constraints and also uh, the Pixel 5a, the Pixel 6, they're not available like worldwide yet. They're in a lot of major markets, but they're not everywhere. Um, we don't know how much money they made off of it. It's a, it's, nope. it's in other revenues in the, in the line item and other revenues posted $8.16 billion this quarter versus $6.6 billion uh, the same quarter of last year. Is that how they do Rick's uh, annual report? They just say... Uh, Rick, Mr. Oslo, this is your, uh, you know, your review for uh, other revenues. Yeah, it's like, hey, I, like, my, my, my NBA debut, Larry Bird and I combined got 103 points. Like, yeah, you did. You got six. He did like 97. Uh, but uh, now, one thing that was surprising was something that I hadn't actually heard of. Sundar got uh, again the, the things like the the gold the Sundar Pichai gold star like call out the thing he mentioned specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said uh, he mentioned Ripple, which I hadn't heard of, uh, and I had to actually look up. Uh, it's oh yeah yeah uh, it's so, sort of like an evolution of Soli. It's like a micro radar uh, mm-hmm. component for consumer goods. Like mm-hmm. what? Have, uh, <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I just keep saying. Mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. sorry. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I I wrote about it a while ago and I'm like struggling right now to get the yeah. oh I did yep no I did write about it let me see real quick apologies to everyone oh there's that's right there's two features called ripple there's google ripples <laughs> which was a visualization chart in Google Plus, rest in peace. <laughs> and, oh, here we go. The Pixel 4's radar technology is about to go mainstream. Okay, yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, I did write this three, four weeks ago. Yeah. God, that yeah feels- apparently, <laughs> no, it's, they're, they're working with Consumer Technology Group to make it sort of like an open standard. They, I yeah. Think the, the reason why I was in the news a few weeks ago was because they released APIs uh, but still, it seems like it's a component that if you're doing research, you can buy and they will send it to you and show you how to wire it up. Ford is Ford Motors is the only name that I saw kind of attached to it. Yes. And even then they had to like quickly like clarify some statements that a lot of websites were misinterpreting saying what we're saying is that we, we're where our research department is looking for them as a way of uh, a way of uh, uh, enhancing our existing outdoor outside radars. So thinking, I was thinking things like uh, sensors that will uh, that will monitor driver awareness, for instance. Um, like in the in, in the United States, there's right. a, there's a gov- there's a new like government mandate uh, to like re- you you need to be able to detect if someone is drunk who's driving trying to drive the car and shut it down if that happens. That would be an interesting component to develop if you were trying to figure out a way to do that without making them blow into a two, which is something that the federal mandate requires you not to make drivers do. Mm-hmm. Well, this is just, yeah, this is just radar based technology. I cannot believe my brain blanked on this after I totally wrote the article about it, but it's, this is by the way, just like a bigger trend that's been happening in consumer tech is that more gadgets are adopting this like sensor sensing radar technology. Like there were smart bulbs that were announced CES this year that can sense your sleep kind of the same way that the nest hub already senses your sleep (laughs) movement. And uh, it's, 
they're billing this as like a privacy minded technology. And I think that that's going to be a really big uh, trajectory for Google. Yeah. Going forward. They want everything that they can bill as like with privacy. Your privacy (laughs) is the first thing that we're thinking about here because that's the message that they want to get. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause they're Apple, Apple can sell things that have cameras in them and most people will probably trust them. Like Google right. is like, Oh, the, how does it monitor your sleep? Oh, very simple. We have an electronic camera. eye that's watching you while you sleep <laughs> all night long. And it's connected to the internet. <laughs> wait, wait, come back, come back. Um, so the, 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 the addition to the other big stories is that there, there is a, one of the other stories that they're trying to tell, I think they're trying to tell to people who want to regulate Google and are trying to write stories and uh, write laws about how horrible uh, Google is to make all this money and give nothing back to society. One of the running themes in addition to artificial intelligence was, Hey, here's how much we're doing like for people who exist in this world. They were talking about, for instance, when Phil Schindler was talking about the, uh, the ad network, they were talking about like how much work they're doing and bringing, uh, uh, bringing ad services to like local brick and mortar and locally owned businesses uh, mentioning that I think he actually mentioned that, yeah, searches for go uh, for in holiday kids, holiday uh, shopping. I'm quoting here, global searches for gift shops near me jumped 60% year over year mm-hmm. in October with searches for gifts near me up 70% in Google maps. Uh, he mentioned that retail is mm-hmm. quote by far unquote, the biggest contributor to, to growth. And this, and this is all good stuff, but again, it is messaging. This isn't like, Oh God, if, if only we, if only we weren't being forced to say how valuable we are to small business and the little guy out there, but Hey, you know, we are required to, it's part of our quarterly results. Again, this is, it, it can be true and also self-serving, but, uh, but it's again, it's, it's the message they chose to send out. Yeah. Um, but let's let's wrap up by talking about things that they haven't announced, but you kind of want some guidance on what they're doing. The only the only the kind of surprise is that uh, uh, they they actually called out uh, Adobe on the web. Um, they're saying mm. with quote with Adobe, we are collaborating on a multi year journey to bring Photoshop, mm. Illustrator, and its other flagship products to the web. A mm. testament to the web as a first class platform for creativity and productivity. Ooh, there goes the virtual machines that rely on like all those old specs. Yeah. I tell you, I tried to get on the internet of the past. Those certificates and things don't exist anymore because <laughs> <laughs> it's getting so complex in this manner. Yeah. And I don't know. It's, it, it, it'd be, I'm hoping that they don't mean that now if I, the, the Photoshop that I spent $20 a month for, by subscription is now just going to be like so. a web container. <laughs> no, I think it'll be like that. Those free apps yeah. that you've seen floating around that let you, you know, crop a photo, do a little bit of um, adjustment yeah. here and there. And, so. it, and it'll make Chromebooks more valuable. So that's, that's kind oh, of interesting. Yeah. We'll see how well that works. Oh, um, yeah. But okay. Do they have anything to say about augmented reality and virtual reality, which is basically all that meta was talking about. And one of the things that Apple uh, was t- wink, wink, nudge, nudge talking about uh, all they're saying was that uh, the only thing uh, material they said was we're working with the NBA to create exciting, immersive experiences for fans using 3D and AR technology. Uh, mostly with AR, VR, they're making the same messaging as they were with Web3 stuff, which is not, hey, look, we're doing a we're doing our own NFTs. Hey, look, we're doing our own uh, uh, our own uh, cryptocurrency. 
with AR, VR, and Web3, it's more like we think it's going to be really, really big stuff. But uh, I'm quoting Sundar here. Our quote, our cloud services will support people making blockchain products and services. And it's all about, quote, how to support creators better, unquote. So as a way of making themselves look good for investors and analysts, I'm sure they're saying that, look, if, yeah. even if even if we don't, even if Apple comes out with uh, VR uh, goggles in October and we don't for like another year or two, the thing is we are selling, we're creating like the cloud services. A lot of these apps are going to want to be developed on. We have the Google Maps technology that is going to be integrated for navigation and other stuff on and on and on and on that we are it's okay it's it's okay for apple to sell a limited number of hardware goggles we will be making money off of everybody who uses ar or vr exactly because we we'll have still be making stuff. money off of it baby yeah so uh, and this is all the actually the last things that uh again boring financial stuff the board uh announced that the board uh, uh approved a 20 to 1 stock split uh, uh on wednesday this this is before the split of course uh, still, still going through process. Uh, a share of Google stock costs three thousand dollars. So basically, if I have a share of this stock, I will be getting twenty shares of stock that cost one twentieth as much. So this is a way of getting making it making the stock more affordable for and get more kinds of investors. Um, I think CNBC. This this is where I'm over, I'm totally over my head. So I'm just going to uh, quote like CNBC's analyst who's uh, saying that uh, the speculation that one of the reasons why they did this. Uh, uh, Apple and Tesla has also sp- uh, done a stock split in the last year, but not as aggressive as this. Uh, they're speculating that Google would be very, very pleased if this if they were to become part of the Dow Jones index, uh, and a high stock price uh, share price would preclude this. Uh, so if they were become part of the Dow Jones index, that means that Alphabet stock would also be purchased automatically by investors who are investing in index funds. So that would basically mean that there'd be more people investing in Google, more money in, which I'm sure would again lead them not to screw up the next Google tablet, not to screw up the next Google watch. Mm. Let us pray. Mm. Let us pray. Uh, well, it's almost time to wind up. Uh, all we're going to do uh, before we let you guys go is that we'll probably have a fun show for you next week uh, because uh, we record Wednesday nights and next Wednesday morning is going to be the Gal- uh, the Samsung mm-hmm. Galaxy Unpacked event. So we're going to be seeing new Galaxy S22, mm-hmm. a whole bunch of those. Uh, and I'm sure we'll have a lot of speculation, uh, not only talking about like what we think about these devices, uh, notes, pads, whatever, uh, but also talking about like, okay, what does this mean for the Pixel 6? Which if you do a Google search for it right now, it's all about an immense n- number of software bugs and they're not available due to supply shortages. <sighs> Again, let us pray. Let us pray. Flo, anything interesting that you want people to talk about, to look at uh, of yours uh, in the next coming week? Never forget, I am doing a podcast called Gadgets, so please go check that out. And a big shout out to former uh, co-host here at Material, Russell Ivanovic, for the very special Pocket Casts link that we have, which is, I cannot spell it from memory, pca.st slash gadgets, in case anybody needs an easy link to find our show. Thank you. I love I, I love the conversational tone. It's like you you you, it's uh, like like with our show. It's like you you know when like these people like enjoy getting together and talking about this stuff. Yes, it's like <laughs> there's a doc in front of them, but it's like eh, maybe we won't get to that <laughs> because we're just <laughs> we're just having the conversation. But uh, but yet like you know to, uh, conveying a point of view and conveying information without like I, I, it's it's 
uh, I kind of say that, so we're recording a little bit late this week because again, it was not most of my work on, on the show doc was just about like digesting, not only the earnings report, but also all the analysis about it. And it's like, okay, I have to make sure that I don't say page three. Physical plant construction in the South Southeast district was up by 2.8% projected to be 2.2. No, you have to kind of digest that into like an actual like story. And like, what does any of this mean? Uh, and so like what I love about your podcast is that it's always about that, where you you learn something that if you want to know the, if you want to know the actual numbers, yes, there are numbers out there you can go find, but you'll have an understanding because these Thank you, people Andy. with multiple points of view are talking about it. So I, Thank I, you, I, I, I have been enjoying it. Thank um, you. Uh, as for me, I'm on uh, NPR this week on at 1230 in the afternoon on uh, Boston's WGBH. You will not uh, get this podcast before <laughs> it goes out live. We air that live. However, it'll probably be on WGBHnews.org for you to stream at your leisure uh, by the time you listen to this podcast. Well, that's going to do it for us for this week. Thank you so much for listening to us this time. We hope you listen to us again next time. Until then, please have a happy, safe, healthy, and grateful seven days. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.